another episode of Inside the Oval presented by Dignity Health. This week, I'm joined by 49er Senior Manager of Social Media, Johnny Volk. Johnny, thank you so much for being the first guest of 2021. I'm honored. Thanks, Haley. Are you a New Year's resolutions person? So this is so funny. Last night, I was looking at, like, I was curious if I tweeted anything last year. And so I just did, like, a Twitter search of what, if I tweeted, and I did. And my, my Twitter New Year's resolution was to stop saying, like, oh, when you bump into somebody in the hallway. <laughs> I kind of laughed because I realized, well, I achieved it, but not in the way I wanted because, well, we don't have hallways. So uh, that, that New Year's resolution um, technically became true. I think that should count for something. I don't know if my New Year's resolutions have ever made it through January. So whether cheating or not, I think it should count. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to count it. I'm, I'm going to start 2021 with a win. So it, it's a W in my book. There you go. I think everyone's story of how they got to the 49ers is really fascinating. Do you remember when you decided you wanted to work in sports? I think... Um... You know, everyone, you know, a lot of people say they had this dream since they were a kid, but like, you know, playing sports growing up, I always, you know, I loved the, just the team atmosphere. I always played team sports and, um, you know, my parents kept us pretty active. I'm, I'm the oldest of four, so we were all very active and played spring, winter, summer, and I just loved being around games. So I think just growing up and playing sports, watching sports, I knew I wanted to be around sports in, in some capacity. Um, and then it wasn't until college that I you know knew you can make a, a career out of it so my major was uh, business and then I focused on marketing and advertising and when I went to school I graduated 2011 so social media was still kind of growing like I remember one class we had to make like a WordPress blog and part of it was to get traffic to your blog and so me and my classmates were joking like other than emailing your grandma and your parents how do you get people to read your blog and so <laughs> Uh, one of my roommates like, well, have you heard of Twitter? I'm like, nope, never heard of it. And so he kind of showed me how to set up a Twitter account. And then that's really the first time I started using social media for, you know, like a business or um, getting into the the tactics of it all. So did that in college. And then after I graduated, I had an internship with the PGA Tour. Uh, it's kind of funny. Someone on campus approached me and, and had an intern opportunity with the PGA Tour. And they asked if I knew anything about golf. And I was like, nope, but I will learn today. So um, I did this eight-month internship with PGA Tour, and it was just a small group of four of us. And we ran all the marketing for a golf tournament in Hayward, California, TPC Sombra is the name of the course. And one of my roles there was to help run the tournament's social media accounts. So that was my first like actual paid job to run social media, and, and that was really cool. It kind of opened my eyes that this could be a full-time career at some point if I really wanted to pursue it. Now with the 49ers jumping ahead, can you explain what your responsibilities are as a senior manager of social media? Also, first off, that is a tongue twister of a title. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's kind of, I started as a digital editor. So digital editor is kind of vague. So um, I wanted like a social title, but you know, as you know, we're a pretty small teams, just really the three of us, uh, Patty Kwan and Meg Ryan, the three of us do all the posting on game day. So long story short, we run all the social media for the 49ers, 49ers community, and Levi Stadium social accounts. And like really getting into the weeds of it all, we, we post everything you see, but we also post a ton that people don't see. That's kind of running on in the background or um, targeted ads and 
you know, just helping some of our partners too and, and getting some social that may only be visible to like their audience. So yeah, game day is, is a ton of fun and we, could, we kind of break it up by each social channel just to make it more streamlined and it can get overwhelming. As you know, on a Sunday, your head's kind of spinning. I think my first you know, two or three games, it was overwhelming. And I'm just like, did I spell everything right? Did I have any, you know, like autocorrect typos on tweets? So we, we just keep one of us on one social channel per the entire day. And that kind of makes it streamlined. So you're not getting confused on what's going out when, and you can just focus on your channel and really dominate it for that game day. Speaking of game day, what is, I guess, pre-pandemic and hopefully soon post-pandemic, what is your game day routine? Yeah, it really depends on which social network you're running that day. So the person who's running the Snapchat stories and the Instagram stories, they tend to get there a little bit earlier because they'll go down to like the player parking lot and kind of, you know, we joke that we like stalk the guys as they arrive and that kind of starts our game day. So they get there super early. So our video and uh, photo team and then one person from social will get there pretty early in the morning and kind of camp out as players arrive. And that starts our game day flow. And then depending on you know what the other two individuals are doing, you might you might actually just start working at home before you drive in. There's a few things that go out early for like partnerships and getting some, you know, video and graphics out and then um, drive on in. So, you know, anywhere from three hours to you know, two and a half hours before the game, we kind of start posting the content. And then hopefully we have a great game. We have a win. We have a ton of highlights. And we're... That's the know, goal. <laughs> And we're we're staying late and posting all the highlights, and and those are the days that are really fun. How does your routine change when you get to travel with the team? Road trips are are definitely a challenge, but also a fun experience. We get to travel with the team. So if it's a, you know, depending on the time zone, we may go on a Saturday, or if it's a further trip, we'll go Friday. And that's really cool because then we get to document the whole experience. And we really miss the, the 49ers invasions. Uh, and we miss seeing the faithful. So the invasion events, we do those typically the night before the game on the road city. So that's super cool. I've been to some crazy ones like New Orleans really stands out. Seattle is huge. And the airport welcome that they give us there is is unmatched. So the road trips are really cool because we're really trying to show love to the fans that may not ever get to make it to Levi's Stadium or people who you know, are watching on Sunday Ticket and really support the team even if they don't even live or or have ever been in California so we kind of try to show them some love too on the social media accounts and highlight uh, you know how avid and how big the Fortnite's fan base is and it it's that's one thing I love about social media is you can touch fans you know five miles from the stadium or countries away so um, definitely a, a huge just positive of the job yeah social media is definitely a part of all of our lives in one way or another, whether we post at different frequencies or not. But yeah. I looked because I was curious. In 2020, you posted on Instagram 30 times and I posted four. I feel like there was a week this year where you might have posted twice in one week and everyone was like, whoa, Haley is getting way too busy on Instagram. Yeah, I think three of mine came from January and February. So I did, I really started the year off with a bang. And, you know, looking back, those are the only two months that I'm really counting for this year anyways. (laughs) But what do you think the major differences are between running your own accounts and then the 49ers accounts? First and foremost, the 49ers, you have to realize that you represent 
hundreds of employees, full-time and part-time interns that work for the 49ers. So you kind of have to be mindful. It's easy for people to see something posted by the 49ers. And then like, that's immediately the voice that they take on for the team. So you need to be mindful that what you post is viewed by millions of people and is a representation of such a big and awesome employer. So you need to be careful at the same time. You don't want to be incredibly boring because you know, people who don't work in social media, they, they get on social media to kind of maybe escape their normal job or stay up to date on news and, and to be entertained and see videos that they like. So it's a delicate balance between the two for sure. I think that Patty, Meg, and I have a pretty good sense of humor, but at the same time, we're not you know, too far to touch with the business side of it. So some of our posts may be just very straight to the point, like here's the news we're sharing, you consume the news, go on about your day. But then some of our other posts that do pretty well are some of the more humorous ones. I thought we had a great opportunity with the uniqueness of this year and and sharing State Farm Stadium with the Cardinals. We kind of had some fun and used some stepbrothers references. And uh, that was one of our most popular posts of the whole year. So I think being able to read the room and have a pulse on how your fans are feeling, because it was a weird situation, right? Like playing home games in Arizona. So we tried to lean into it and have some fun with it, but also not being disrespectful to Santa Clara County or the NFL as a whole. I'm obviously biased, but I think we have one of the best, wittiest social media teams in the NFL. How important would you say staying up to date on pop culture is? Just because like with the move to Arizona, you guys did Step Brothers. I know that we reference a lot of music lyrics. How much of that goes into being successful in social media? And then going back to that Arizona post, what do you consider a successful post? I think with something like the Step Brothers, you know, other, the other social media managers in the league, we always say don't read the comments. I kind of like to look at them just because it gives us an idea. Like, not every comment, you know, obviously is helpful, but it does give a little bit of a barometer on how you're doing. So, just from a you know, like an eye test, seeing the comments of like, this is great, awesome tweet, best tweet of the day. There is another post that credit to Patty. This was her idea about the New Orleans, the New Orleans Saints. Like uh, there's a play where George Kittle, you know, face mask being grabbed, like infamous play gets fans pumped up. And then she used it as like a PSA to encourage people to wear masks over the summer. And all the comments were like best tweet of the day. And so that's like, okay, this, this hit, like this resonated. And then from an actual number standpoint, looking at views and likes, retweets, and we have a few tools that can kind of calculate that for us quickly. And so it also shows us how that post compares to other posts we've done in any given time range. So you can see pretty quickly, like, okay, this one's outperforming our average for the month, or, you know, this one's getting X amount of views more than something else would. So that's kind of how we gauge that. How much pride goes into having the top viewed post of the month or ha- hitting that 1 million mark? Yeah, that's 1 million for us is, is pretty tough to get. Like, that's the, the like, okay, this one, you put this one on the trophy case because um, <laughs> it's, it's hard to get there unless it's like a crazy highlight. Like, we've had a few highlights that went viral. But yeah, it's, it's cool when you, when you have something like that that's resonating. And um, I always joke, like, the best compliment you receive is when someone says, you know, give a raise to your social media staff or, you know, pay the admin who did this. Like, obviously, it's tongue-in-cheek when they say it. But then 
you know, you kind of get a little bit of sense of pride, like, hey, we did this, this was a good, good caption, or this was a witty post. And, you know, we struck the right chord on this one. You said not to read the comments and Patty harps on that all the time. I am guilty of doing it. On the flip side of give the social team a raise. I feel like the misconception I see a lot is the people who run social media accounts for businesses and for sports teams are interns. Do you ever get annoyed by that? And how have you seen social media teams evolve since you started working in sports? Great great question. It's funny because when you work in it, you know, I've worked in social media for, you know, seven, eight years now. And working at a big company and then working at a big team like this, you realize there's no way anyone would give just an intern like access to just run whatever they wanted. So it's just, you kind of just chuckle like interns, um, you know, are important, but like now also interns nowadays aren't like what an intern would be 20 years ago, right? Like interns have a lot of responsibility and work very closely with a full-time person. And yeah, maybe like 20 years ago you could, like have a uh, a joke about it but it's like you know now we have full-on dedicated teams to this stuff and companies are paying agencies a lot of money to run their social so these are full-time professionals that like do this daily not just someone who's you know like winging it as one-tenth of their job so <laughs> it is interesting to see comments like that but yeah and i think working in social you kind of have to have thick skin too because you know we're talking about all the positive stuff on this podcast but then some of the tougher comments it's like okay you just gotta brush it off take it with a grain of salt um i think sometimes you can get maybe discouraged if you have a, a good idea and it doesn't resonate then you you know you don't want to dwell on it um so i'd say that's one negative of reading the comments but um yeah just take it with a grain of salt and look at the broader picture i have found working on the website especially because there are multiple contributors having that tone where it is still the team and making sure that stays consistent regardless of who's posting has at times been kind of tricky. How have you guys, because it's you, Patty, and Meg, worked to make sure that it is still the 49ers account, even though you all, the three of you all have very different voices? Yeah, good question. I think the well, first off, the three of us kind of have our own strengths with cultural stuff. You know, admittedly, Meg and I are terrible with movies, whereas, <laughs> you know, Pat is kind of like our, our resident expert. So sometimes we'll have an idea and then we know what type of pop culture reference we want to use, but may not know the specifics. So we'll kind of like, that's why we use Slack or just text th- threads or being with each other on game day really helps because it's like, hey, I have this idea. I can't really put my finger on it, but you know, can you help me navigate this? And so it's good to kind of have uh, a very diverse team too. I think our, our three backgrounds are, are similar in that we worked in sports on our way to get to the 49ers, but like, you know, even regionally, right? We're all from three different areas of the country and different interests and, in, you know, in media and, and music. So I think having a, a diverse team is super important, but then also one shared collective goal of like, we want to do really well. We want to see the 49ers shine on social media and move up you know, the the social charts compared to the other teams. So we definitely have the, the trust in one another to run things on their own, but then also we're not, uh, we don't have big egos where it's like, hey, I don't know, I don't have a caption for this, to be honest, could you help me out? When you said you all come from diverse backgrounds, it's true, but I was just thinking about you all three at some point worked in baseball before you came to the 49ers, which is kind of funny. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, and I think 
that you know having that baseball background because there's so many games you know like i i have so much respect for baseball social media managers because it's a game every single night right so you have to reinvent new captions and and try to look at the game a different angle and then football we're spoiled because we have at most two games a week and that's you know once a season so it does make the stakes higher on game day because you only get one of these a week so you really gotta kind of be on top of your game but i think having just the the team input and and everyone collaborating is super helpful because it we only have 16 hopefully you have more how do you create a coverage strategy for a game how much of what you post on i guess a game day is pre-planned and scheduled out and how much of it can you guys just post on the fly i'd say that we map out pretty much the the idea of everything we want to do we map that out well before the game and, and leading up to the game we have all kinds of i mean now zoom meetings we have a, a shot sheet that lists out what you know equipment we have who the people that are shooting the game whether it's video or photo our graphic design team like who's doing what and we kind of lay that out for the game and then as the game happens the captions kind of come to you and you you know you have a pulse on the fan sentiment as well you don't want to be super excited using seven exclamation marks if you score a touchdown you're still down by 20 so the, the captions are definitely 99 percent of the time made on the fly i will say that there were a few times last year like as we went to seattle for that week 17 game and with the division on the line like I had some captions saved in a notepad and just ready for, you know, like the graphic and the final score. So some of that stuff I have, we have ready before, but as far as, you know, the actual content, you kind of have to feel it out and see what the pictures look like or how the video turns out before you really, you know, put in the idea and hit send. Have you ever had a caption that you had written down that you weren't able to use and you had to try to figure out how to repurpose it? Oh, that's a good one. I I think like with well last year in Seattle right we lost to them in the regular season like early on in the regular season we lost in overtime and crazy back and forth game I think we had a few ideas then that we wanted to use and then we, obviously we won in week 17 and there was a picture from training camp of Joe Staley holding a photo that his daughter drew in like crayon she picked three random teams and said they equal something and it was. Um, like team x equals this and then she wrote the seahawks equals toots <laughs> and we like, the toots and so we saved that back in july or august whenever that was and we were going to use it uh earlier in the year but then we lost so it's like okay well let's just save this hopefully we win you know week 17 and sure enough we did so that was the one we already had kind of saved in the drafts ready to go you mentioned Joe Staley, and unfortunately happily for him he retired but do you have any players that always you know will give you good content or that you look for on the field or at practice yeah I think one that stands out right away is George Kittle and he he's been the same guy like when he first came into rookie media day he just had a ton of energy and we're like wow this guy's we don't know much about him but he seems like a lot of energy and a lot of fun Uh, I still remember his first touchdown he broke out the stone cold celebration like this guy's this is awesome like you know, rarely do you get someone who's super outgoing. Like sometimes you have to kind of, you know, get to know the guy before you really get like cameras in their face. But George is all in. So, and obviously as a player, he's turned out to be an amazing like all pro and 
and arguably the best tight end in the game. So we're lucky that our best player in the field is also our best go-to for content. I think he was mic'd up like three or four times last year, and and he's one where you could just throw him a phone and he'll run around and get fans in the video, and you don't need to give him any direction at all. He just kind of goes with it. The the hard part now is because he's gotten such a big household name, like you have to fight through multiple cameras sometimes uh, on the field to get to him. But he's he's one that really like we go to him and he can give us a home run right away. Is there any trepidation giving a player your phone? Has anyone ever broken it? Are you ever worried it's going to end up in the crowd somewhere? Meg has a pretty funny story, and, and she still has a video, but I think it was George. She she gave him her phone, and he started recording and was like, you know, gave one of his, his uh, trademark woos, and then I think he just turned and threw the phone back. <laughs> Uh, and thankfully, it was just at grass and at home, and it landed. But it was recording the entire time, so the video is great because it goes George, yeah, let's go faithful, woo, and he just throws it. And all I see is the sky at Levi Stadium, and the phone spinning. It lands, and then like Meg walks over, and it's like one of those awkward selfies, like from the ground angle. <laughs> and so we, she, you know, obviously first thing is like, a, did it video record? B, how's my phone? So. Yeah, like again, he's the guy that's going to give you a ton of energy, and we're super happy that he signed a extension. Is going to be with us with uh, for a long time now. That might be Meg's story, and it's fantastic. But you have, I think, you were run into by Depot, right? Yeah. You were in the end, back of the end zone, and you caught a one-handed pass in, I think, against Minnesota. Yep. You have a couple too. Do you have a favorite memory? Well, I think the the catch one was it was unique because it was week one in Minnesota a couple of years ago. And normally, I mean, you've seen game days. Like normally, the back of the end zone is is full of photographers and video people. And for whatever reason, no one was down in the area that I was at. So I, first of all, I thought I was I should have been there because <laughs> I'm looking around and no one's telling me to move. But I don't. Uh, maybe the photographers were taking pictures in the corner or what. But I'm sitting there pretty close to the goalpost, so I kind of have to be in the middle because I'm we're limited to our phones. So if we get in the middle, we kind of split the different difference. And, you know, I see it to pass play. I'm like, okay, cool. And so I'm, I'm holding my phone in, in the middle of the play on Jimmy, but I'm kind of looking around seeing where could he potentially throw this. And I look to my left and I see George running, like, right towards me, like, oh, this is going to be great. And I see Jimmy kind of wind up. I don't think I'm going to get an awesome shot. And then as he throws it, I see that's coming right at me. I'm like, or oh, I might get hit in the face. <laughs> So I'm just kind of recording, and it it didn't get tipped or deflected too much. And thankfully, I have some like baseball experience and played catcher in, in high school, and so I kind of just reacted and caught the ball to my chest. And then my first thought was, okay, like don't do anything stupid because you're probably on TV right now. And didn't really know what to do with the ball either because no one was really looking at me. The ref was making an incomplete signal, and all the guys are kind of walking away. And I think I just looked up and one of the receivers came across and I just like threw him the football. But then because it was on the road, all the Viking fans behind me were giving me a hard time and were like, good catch. And, you know, I should have had you on my fantasy team jokes like that. So that one for sure. And then um, the one with Raheem, this, this was crazy. So the game in New Orleans back and forth the whole game, uh, loudest game day experience I've been a part of. Raheem scores his touchdown right at me, and I see him go to throw or spike. I wasn't really sure. I just saw his arm go up. So I kept recording, but I looked down, and then I 
felt something thud against my leg. And I thought maybe he'd spiked it so hard that like bounced up and then walked around. I was like, man, my leg's kind of sore, like almost like a, you know, Charlie horse. And it wasn't until after the game, somebody from our football video ops who they're way high up and shooting the game from like the all 22 level. So for coaches film, he came up to me and said, hey, I think Raheem, I don't think he meant it, but he definitely hit you with this touchdown spike and uh, <laughs> showed me the clip. So that was a fun memory and definitely tell the kids one day. I think for me, it's really fun. I was talking to T about this when he was on the podcast. It's so fun from the press box to look down and try to spot the people you know. And it was much easier when you wore a green vest. And then on TV, you kind of, whenever you see someone on TV that you know, you're like, hey, that's Johnny, that's Patty. Do you get that still from family and friends? Do you get screenshots of the TV of yourself? Yeah, definitely. Definitely for my mom. She'll ask me two questions. Um, A, what social media channel are you doing today? And so she can grade my work. And then <laughs> B, yeah, let me know where you are. Because if I'm on the field, then she can, she can look. Yeah, rest in peace to the bright green vest. Those things were rough. And then now we have the tan ones. I joke like we're going on a safari or, you know, we work at REI. But um, yeah, it's always cool. Like we have a nationally televised game because then damn, we can watch from home. Do you get to keep the vests? We do. Yeah, I need to figure out what to do. I still have the Super Bowl one, which is like crazy. It has all these different icons and, you know, the Super Bowl being such a high security event and it has like multiple pieces of tape for different, for the national anthem, for like halftime. It's crazy. So I kept that one. I kept the bright green one. And then we just have the one. I've never, I don't want to find out what happens if you like rip it or, you know, <laughs> If it gets damaged, I don't know if there's a backup. In every job description, there's that ominous other duties as assigned. You obviously came in as a digital editor, which is really funny because that's currently my title and we do nothing the same. (laughs) But in four and a half years here, have you done anything in that other duties as assigned that you weren't expecting? Definitely last year, playoffs, divisional round. It was on my birthday. Uh, we had the idea of the slip and slide. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, you were there helping us. You know, we were rolling out tarps together and managing the bobblehead line. That was one I was like, okay. <laughs> I did not foresee myself doing a slip and slide in the green lots before a, a divisional playoff game. So that was one that it was also fun, too, because all like you mentioned, we all work in digital and social, so very much online. Like we're in front of screens all day and here we are blowing up a slip and slide and, you know, running the logistics. So that's kind of fun. And I definitely gained a much larger, I already have a huge just gratitude for our stadium ops team and like security team. But after doing that for a full day, I think I'm going to stick to digital social. hundred percent agree. The bobblehead line, it was so fun talking to fans, but... It's, it's much easier, for sure, to do our job from behind a screen. Yeah, definitely. I thought it'd be fun to finish off with a couple of quick hits on some of the podcasts. We've tried this, and they've gone to varying success. But I thought it'd be fun to try again. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Uh, what's your favorite social media platform? Oh, this is always tough. It's like, which child is your favorite? I would say, like, if I had to keep one and lost all the rest, I'd probably still keep Instagram. I think Instagram is, it's gotten entertaining with Instagram TV and Reels, but it's also very informative. Like, if you're going on vacation, you can bookmark different places or even check the weather, like, when people post their Instagram stories. So 
I'm going to go with Instagram. What's your favorite game day social media platform? Oh, wow, that's a good one too. I think Twitter is, this sounds weird. It's fun that it's almost stressful because you have to be like right on it. So like you're in, you feel like you're in the game, but I also do still like Instagram. And I, and I think it's the one our fans re- react to quickest. So yeah, 50-50 on that one. Looking back, you've worked the Super Bowl and NFC Championship game, that really cool game in New Orleans. Do you have a favorite game that you've worked? I feel like I should say NFC Championship just because the magnitude of it, but also that Week 17 game in Seattle. That one to me, like we went into the game as underdogs. We hadn't won in Seattle in eight years. You know, we hadn't had the number one seed in 20-something years. So I think, and just Seattle, right, like that rivalry for the 49ers and Seahawks and that it just so loud there. And Marshawn Lynch came out of retirement. They had Skittles flying in the stands. <laughs> Did you get hit by any? I don't know. If, I think it just it, when uh, he came onto the field, there were some skittles that entered the field. I don't think it was intentional, but may or may, <laughs> may, or may not have caught a skittle to the to the back or something. But that game for sure, like when we won that game and won the NFC West, I was just I had so much adrenaline going. I couldn't even sleep till four a.m. that day because you know not only do we have a ton of content from it, but that's one where you just see fans sharing it and the way the game ended too, right? Like right at the goal line, last play, they couldn't have scripted it any better. No. And I guess the next question, the answer might be Seattle, but do you have a favorite away stadium you go to or have been to? Yeah, Seattle's always cool. Also because not many NFL stadiums are right downtown. So it's it's one where you can, if you're working, you can pick up coffee and walk to the game. If you're a fan, you can tailgate right outside the stadium so uh, Seattle's up there I Lambeau Field for me was that was like a, a dream come true just as a kid like watching games there on TV and then being able to work a game there as in my career was pretty cool we were talking last week two weeks ago about the Packers Sunday night football game that where Lambeau looked like a, a snow globe yeah. and you said you wanted to work a snow game yeah but on the flip side of that, do you remember the worst weather game you've worked in? Um, yes, I, I think the, the well, two stand out. One last year in Washington because, you know, it was at a point where we were putting hefty trash bags over our socks before we put them into our shoes because it was so oh, muddy. Oh, no. And then a few years ago, there was a home game against New England. It was just downpouring. And it just makes it tough, you know, from like a logistics standpoint with cameras and you're trying to type on your phone as there's water droplets. So those, those are tough. I, I say now, like not having done it, but like to work a snow game would be fun. Who knows? I'm sure you, it, it starts snowing pretty hard. And you're like, okay, maybe the sunshine would be better for me here. I think there is something, especially about Lambo and snow or Buffalo, where it just kind of is that iconic bucket list thing. Totally. Yeah. And, and just looking at photos from games in the past where it's like a foot of snow and guys are, are every time they step like kicking snow, like it looks cool for photos. So I'm just hoping it'd be fun to work. In those rain games, how do you keep, because I think we all notoriously know phones are not always the most durable. How do you keep your phone dry or working? <laughs> Well, first, first and foremost, you got to bring some hand warmers just for your hands so your fingers, you know, you can type. That's my pro tip to anyone out there. Like, just 
get yourself some good hand warmers. Like I, I go through those things, go through them all the time on cold games, but it's tough. You definitely have to try to capture the shot on your phone. And then I always just run into the nearest tunnel and then upload there because yeah, it's nearly impossible if, if you're getting rained on to try and have anything that resembles good work. Do you have a biggest social media pet peeve? Hmm. Um, I think this is not that teams do this, but I have seen like people through, you know, personal accounts, like trying to cross post and it doesn't necessarily work right away. Like, mm-hmm. you know, tweeting a photo, but it's not the photo. You tweet a link to Instagram, you know, taking, you know, just not using the, I guess, cause I work on it every day. I'm, I'm a little bit more kind of like stuck up about it, I guess, but just, yeah, seeing some of the cross posting and then it doesn't fit. It's the environment that you come across. It would be uh, one pet peeve for me. That makes sense. I think that was also as social media channels started and weren't quite as popular as they are now. It was a way to like when Instagram kind of first emerged, people would post things on Twitter because that was kind of already more pronounced. So it is interesting how that's kind of evolved into like they can stand on their own now. Yeah, yeah. And I I think I think all social media networks can exist and, and like play safe in the same world. And obviously the people get along with each other, but then there are some small things that, you know, you kind of see and, and, they, and they are competitive, right? Like Instagram wants to have the most users, but then Twitter wants the most users and, and they're all kind of, they want to take the next step up in, in their evolution too. So I think things like that, like not allowing a Instagram photo to show Twitter's like, Hey, why don't we just put photos on our own? Like, why don't we make that capability? So yeah, it's definitely an ever-growing space. I'm excited to see it. You know, I know that the pandemic and everyone just kind of being remote or at home like has increased screen time, which has pros and cons for sure. But hopefully, the pros of social media growing and the platforms evolving is is good for everybody. I'm curious in social media in on the website and in SEO, we we look to European soccer as an example of content and SEO working really well. Do you guys have someone you look to for social media in terms of like someone who does it really well? I think soccer for sure. You look, you kind of get number jealous or number envy when they have a big game and they post, you know, a a championship graphic or something and it just takes off and you can see the retweets like in real time and they're just massive. I think so. Yeah. European soccer for sure. The NBA teams, I think the NBA has always been kind of on the forefront of digital, social, and trying new things and pushing the envelope. So look look closely at what they do and and just how their players use social as well. I think players are a huge driver, and players will get way better performance on posts than a team does. So kind of looking at how athletes use it, it helps us kind of tailor how we post. Speaking, I guess, with – Every sports team has some sort of social media presence. If you weren't working in football, which sport would you want to work in? I'd probably say, I guess, baseball. Yeah, I mean, baseball is the one I played the longest and played baseball in college. I think that there's different challenges there, obviously, right, with the games being every day. But there's some cool stuff they've been doing, and it was Obviously, a bummer to not be able to go to games this summer, but some of the stuff they're doing on social and different camera angles they were using uh, were really cool and I think brought people closer to the game and 
because there are so many games you, you have to get creative and kind of think of new ways to bring baseball to social. When LJ was on, we were talking about how any sporting event she goes to, any concert, she kind of takes ideas from what they're doing. When you're just like at night scrolling through Instagram or Twitter, do you ever see something and go, oh, that's cool. We should do that. Yeah, I think just when teams have a variety of, you know, college football does a great job of this. They have some of the traditional stuff you expect on social, but they also have pretty big teams and like undergrads working for them or grad assistants. And so some of their graphics are, will, are very eye-catching or even like the access they get, right? They're able to get like in the locker room during celebration and they're able to follow the coach. Social media for college football accounts is so powerful because they're also using it to recruit potential players for that school. So they're trying to keep it classy and professional for their fans. But at the same time, they're really trying to reach down to the younger audience in high school and get those kids excited to be like, wow, did you see that post from Clemson? Or did you see that video from South Carolina? Like, that's really cool. So um, yeah, I get, I get pumped up. Like, obviously I'm not going back to college anytime soon, but <laughs> watching, watching some of the videos these teams uh, put out for like signing day, it really gets you amped. Finally, last one. What's your number one tip for someone who wants to work in social media and sports? Anytime I hear someone, they always say like, I want to work in social media and I want to work in sports social media. What's your like tip to them? Yeah, I think, well, first of all, like digital social is a great place to be. And, you know, we love our jobs and it, it is so fun to like be representing the team from digital social and, you know, like our, our, group works really well together and i think it's a great place to be so first off i say you know great great career choice um, i concur yes <laughs> and, and then second just try to apply yourself wherever you can and you know get involved somewhere like every single one of us that are on the 49ers digital team this wasn't our first job ever right we had to start somewhere and you know I, when i was in high school i was a parking lot attendant and a mascot for my minor league baseball team so i kind of got started in sports there and and what I tell people is like, just get involved. Like, even if you're running social media for a local restaurant or, you know, maybe you're getting a part-time job for you know, helping post for a friend's business, like just find a way to get your foot in the door so you can get professional experience and not just run social from your own accounts because it's vastly different. And then from there, you never know what opportunities there are. Keep an eye on LinkedIn and, you know, any indeed any job posting site, like the quicker you can apply, the more likely you are to get an interview. Yeah. Well, JV, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was it was a it was a lot of fun and I hope you have a good start to twenty twenty one. I can't believe we can finally say that. I know, it's crazy. It's already here and the years flown by. Thanks for having me and here's to hopefully uh, accomplishing our New Year's resolutions.